Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Hello and welcome once again to History Dweebs. I'm Tim. Welcome to the podcast where we take a lighthearted look at the dark side of history. The title of our podcast today is Inseparable, The Sad Lives of Daisy and Violet Hilton. We're doing a podcast about the Hilton sisters, Brandy. I know you're excited about that. I'm so excited. It's not Paris and Nikki, though. Well, they're their own sad little story. <laughs> That's so true. Um I want to remind everyone that we are a, a comedy podcast and we use adult language. So if adult language offends you, um, then you probably want to check out one of the other fine podcasts out there, including our friends at They Walk Among Us, a great true crime podcast. Um, also, I would suggest you checking into a couple of other really neat podcasts, another true crime podcast called Yours in Murder. Yeah, it's a, a pot, new podcast. It's really excellent, a great true crime podcast. Uh, and it's uh, the co-host, the hosts are uh, sisters, Rachel and Becca. One is a journalist and one is a forensic scientist, Brandy. So they so, are much smarter than we are. Oh, much, much smarter than we are. It's a great podcast. So check out yours in murder. And if you want like something more lighthearted, then uh, please check out um, There Might Be Cupcakes. I know that you love cupcakes, Brandy. I do love cupcakes. Yes. Uh, so it's a really fun podcast. So check those two out. Yours in Murder and There Might Be Cupcakes. And They uh, Walk Among Us. And, they, of course, our friends at uh, Ben and Rosanna, They Walk Among Us. And um, we have a couple of other podcasts out there. One that the Colonel and I um, do is called Dead Ball. It's about uh, baseball players who died at an early age. And um, there's a new podcast that Brandy has. You want to tell us about it, Brandy? Uh, it's called Haunted Visions, and it's about just kind of weird stuff, paranormal, UFOs, things like that. Urban legends. Urban legends. In fact, I met the guy this weekend, or this past Monday, that was the head of the UFO, I don't know, enthusiast people oh, in this a, area. He was the top enthusiast? He was the top enthusiast. All right. Well, let me introduce you, and then we can learn okay, all about great. it. Okay, great. Um, we are, um, uh, without the colonel this this time we are uh the colonel had a minor surgery of course, that he it, wouldn't let me do right and which is of course to him it's will be major surgery and he'll i'm sure he'll tell us all about it i'm sure time. something happened like the lights went out or yeah, you know yeah, there'll be some something dramatic or they, somebody they left in sneezed a on him or something yeah somebody sneezed in his wound yeah but he's doing well uh and uh he's getting better so uh feel better soon colonel we look forward to your return mm. um but uh, until then, you'll uh, have me, and 
a lady who is known throughout the land as Brandy the Benevolent, Her Majesty Queen Brandy the First. How are you doing, Brandy? I'm okay, Timmy. How are you? I'm fine. Excellent. I'm fine. I had a fun weekend in Atlanta. I saw that. You seemed to have a good time. I did. With my friend Louisa, we did a lot of things. We went and saw a lot of things. It's a a fun town. We went to the pumpkin patch. And me and my mother. Did you see the great pumpkin? I did not, but I uh, got a picture of my mother picking a pumpkin, and she didn't realize that I put it on Facebook until my aunt spilled the beans and said, oh, that's what you were wearing earlier when you were picking pumpkins. Oh. My mother does not like that at all. She doesn't like being on Facebook? She doesn't like being on Facebook. Well, and it was her bent over, like, getting, pulling oh. this pumpkin up. Oh. So. Well, that probably wasn't it. Yeah, no, yeah, she wasn't very happy, her. but we had, a, we had a nice her. time. We got a blue pumpkin. I never knew they made blue pumpkins. They Evidently, that's a thing. It's blue like pumpkin. a designer pumpkin. It's blue, and then they had some that were pink. We did not get those, but we got hmm. a blue one, and we got a jack-o'-lantern, big-ass jack-o'-lantern pumpkin. Are they like those people who are blue? You know, uh, like maybe down in Kentucky, aren't they? Like I do. I do. Know. Yes, I do. I, they should get out. They need more oxygen. I think. I, you think that's what it is? Yeah. They can't breathe. Well, <laughs> they just walk around choking all the time. <laughs> no, they, they, they're, it's some disease, but they. Yeah, yeah it's, it's something to do with. Yeah. So, but no, got a blue pumpkin. Okay. Well, I'm glad to hear that that you have a blue pumpkin. Um, He's sad. Are you ready to talk about this story of uh, Daisy and Violet? Hilton? Let's talk about Daisy and Violet. It's kind of a sad story. Okay. Yeah, I know. It, uh, you're not one to uh, wear your emotions on your sleeve, but I think this one might, this story may bring a little tear to your eye. I doubt it. Are you excited about Dweeb Con? Very. Yes. I'm very excited about Dweeb Con. We are currently a couple of weeks out. And, we are. Um, if you want more information about Dweeb Con, go to our Facebook page, History Dweebs the Podcast. Join the group, and you'll get all the information you need on all the events. It's going to be quite the time, Brandy. It has blown up significantly since we first conceived it Yes, as a joke. There's going to be a lot of people who will be attending. And, uh, no, we're going to have a good time. So um, we look forward to that. But let's, let's get right into the story of uh, Daisy and Violet Hilton. All right. Uh, Brandy Violet and Daisy Hilton were world famous, much like yourself. Clearly. Uh, For different reasons, I'm sure. Yes, because they were co-joined twins. Co-joined? Conjoined. conjoined. Yeah, uh, co-joined, conjoined. It's like, uh, yeah. It's not like that at all. It's conjoined. All right. They were con- conjoined. Oh, God. <laughs> Good. It's going to be like this the well, whole time. I got to go through medical. I got to go through some medical terms. So you're going to have a blast. <laughs> yeah. So they were um, conjoined. Siamese twins. There and, you go. And they they also um, became entertainers. Well, how could they not? And they toured vaudeville in the 1930s and 40s. Yeah, that sounds about right. Okay. Now, the sisters, Brandy, mm-hmm. were joined by the hips and buttocks. Uh, okay. So they, they had to walk sideways all the time? Kind of. They are very they were very attractive. They was it kind of like back to back? And more like side to side a little bit. Okay. So I'm going to have to look this up. Yeah. They shared the same blood circulation. Okay. But they, they didn't share any major organs. So... If they had been born today, they'd have been separated. They would have been separated, but they were born in uh, 1908, so they did not have the medical technology was not advanced to a point where they could uh, be separated and survive. But clearly, if they were if they were born today, uh, that would be an option. So um, they share they sh- they were fused together at the pelvis. 
Mm-hmm. But shared no major organs. Um, but they shared blood circulation. Okay, you picturing this now? I'm, I'm trying. Okay, these quite lovely young ladies. It's very pretty. Um, Daisy and Violet Hilton were born on February in February of 1908. I never could find an exact date for their age, but they were born in Brighton, England. I wonder if uh, Rosanna and Ben knows where that is. Probably. I'm sure, I'm sure they do. They were kind of back-to-back. Yeah, kind of. Kind of side-to-side-back. They were kind of, yeah. yeah, they're at a weird angle. Yeah. We'll talk about some of their shenanigans. All right. All right. All right, they were what they were. They call, now I'm going to screw up this term. So sure, you are. Someone will probably correct me. I'm sure, but Pygopagus twins, Pygopagus, um, and they were connected at the, at the hips and buttocks, as I said. Mm-hmm. Um, and Pygopagus, I'm sure I'm screwing this. Doctor Jeff will straighten me out. Mm-hmm. They are co are co joined um, conjoined, conjoined twins, consisting of Tuli. Two fully formed or nearly formed fetuses united uh, in the sacral region so that they are positioned back to back. Right. They basically absorb each other. Yeah, except, yeah. But they're two distinct people. Sure. With two distinct, I mean, they each had their own lady bits and breasts and heart. And I'm sure uh, those are the things that you thought of first. Exactly. Unlike most conjoined <laughs> twins, Brandy. Uh, Daisy and Violet only shared blood circulation. As I said, they each had their own organs. I wonder if they could play the organ. I think they could because they, they become they're very talented. Skin musical. flute. Yeah, they were very talented musically. So, At the time of their birth, um, however, the obstetrician who delivered them believed that they would die within a month of their birth. They just, they just you know, at that time, it just wasn't sure. unusual for... And I'm sure they were small and... Sure. Underweight. Yeah. However, they would live till the age of 60, Brandy. Hey. It's not bad. I can't. I I take it right now. (laughs) I couldn't stand to be with a person that long. Yeah. Um, They would become the first British conjoined twins who would live to adulthood. So it just never happened before. So naturally, they thought that they were going to die within a month or so. Uh, they would grow up, and they would weigh a total of 166 pounds. They were four feet nine inches tall. Wouldn't that suck to try to go on a diet? And like, you want to go on your diet, but your twin didn't want to go, or they'd get mad at you for you know cheating and yeah, uh, snacking and stuff. You can't sneak some shit. Yeah. Daisy and Violet's mother was a woman by the name of Kate Skinner. Okay? Mm-hmm. Now, she was not married when she gave birth to the twins. Oh. So she was an unwed mother, which was really frowned upon in 1908, Victorian England. Well. Being a single mother was quite the scandal at the time, Brandy. Yes, I can imagine. Now, it's believed that the girl's father uh, would later, uh, was a, uh, was a ne'er-do-well who would later be killed in the First World War. But, you know, I just seen kind of speculate. That was speculation. I don't know why. I've never seen any document that could tie this guy to these kids. But 
that's the speculation that he ended up dying in the First World War. He had he had nothing to do with his, their lives at all. Uh, Kate Skinner, the single mother, um, she felt at um, she felt that um, the the kids, the daughters, were a curse. Oh, sure. Because, you know, punishment for her for having a child out of wedlock or children out of wedlock. Um, in During that time, children with birth defects, such as what they had, were called monsters in England. So it wasn't really an enlightened period, um, not a good time to have some sort of deformity. And as I said, she felt that uh, God was punishing her for her actions. So what did she do, Brandy? She sold them to her boss. All right. Okay. Uh, She sold the girls to her boss. Uh, uh, She worked as a uh, barmaid, Kate did, Mm -hmm. when she became pregnant with these kids. And the owner of the bar was a woman by the name of Mary Hilton. And... um, she was a very astute businesswoman, oh, yeah. and she thought that um, she could capitalize on uh, Violet and Daisy's disability. So she bought the kids from Kate, and basically Kate Skinner had nothing to do with the children the rest of her life. She would go on, Kate would, to have two more children, a son named Frederick in 1910, and a daughter named Ethel Kate in 1912. But their mother, um, Kate Skinner, uh, died a month after giving birth to uh, her daughter, Ethel, in 1912, uh, due to complications from that childbirth. So not very lucky in the childbirth department. Well. I mean, you know, it's always a crapshoot, right? Yeah. Um. So the twins was under the care of Mary Hilton, the bar, the pub owner, and they called her Auntie. And she didn't see the girls as having a disability. She saw an opportunity. So she's going to make money out of it. She's no fool. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, you had conjoined twins fall in your lap. I'm telling you. Wait, it's lemonade. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So anyway... um, she saw an opportunity, and it didn't take her long to start displaying the girls. This is kind of sad. started displaying the girls in the rear room of her pub. So she set up her own little sideshow. Yeah. For the right price, usually a few pence or pennies. Yeah. People could examine the girls all they liked. Yeah, that's creepy. Old men were allowed to lift the little girls' dresses and explore their unique features. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's kind of gross. That's gross. One of their earliest memories of uh, one of the earliest memories of Daisy and Violet was having people lift up their dresses to look at their connected bodies in order to see where they were joined at. By the time the girls turned three year three years old, uh, Mrs. Hilton already was taking Daisy and Violet on the road to show them off. They traveled all around Europe. Germany, Austria. Now, Auntie, uh, the woman they called Auntie, uh, Mrs. Hilton, their owner, basically. Mm-hmm. She And they would refer to her and then later her children who gained custody of them when she died 
as their owners. They, I mean, they, that's how they referred to them for a long time. But Auntie uh, would have a lot of what she calls sirs, so a lot of men in her life. Mm-hmm. And um, they would mistreat the girls um, uh, physically and emotionally abuse them. I didn't get the sense they were ever sexually abused, but I don't know if that was something they would talk about right. necessarily back then. Um, but anyway, she had a lot. Their guardian had a lot of boyfriends, and they were in and out, and some of them were alcoholics, and so they were abusive. Um, it seems like every man is an alcoholic back then. Like every time we talk about one of these women, they get up, they get together well, with a guy, and it could just be the quality of the people we talk about. Yeah, I think clearly. a lot because we talk a lot about serial killers and. But I mean, there's a lot of, and there's just a lot of alcoholism is a yeah. widespread problem. So I mean, there's that. I mean, too. All, yeah, there's a lot of alkies out there. Yeah, back in the whatever day. Oh, today too. Yeah. So anyway. They started taking these kids around Europe, Daisy and uh, Violet, at the age of three. And they had a little success in Europe. Um, but um, she, uh, Mrs. Hilton wanted more, so she sets her sights on bringing them to the United States. Because, you know, in the United States at that point, it had 150 million people. It was a much larger. She should have hooked up with P.T. Barnum. Yeah, and they they never talk about that. I've never seen P.T. Barnum come up in the research, although they certainly were uh, very active in vaudeville. Man, I would love to see vaudeville. I think that would have been so cool. It's that time. It's fucked up. Yeah, but it is, you know, I guess that was like America's most, or whatever that show is. America's America's Got Got Talent. Talent. Yeah. So uh, anyway, uh, Mrs. Hilton set her sights on the United States. In 1915, the twins were eight years old. They traveled to San Francisco, Brandy. Yeah. They were initially denied entry because they were deemed, quote, unquote, medically unfit to enter the United States. So Mrs. Hilton, being the promoter that she was and being shrewd, got the local media involved, made Uh, them out as victims, put pressure on the officials, Mm -hmm. and they eventually allowed the children to enter the country. Bless her heart. God love her. She's a humanitarian. Looking out for the little guy. Yeah. Now... um, so they started touring the United States, but then um, Mrs. Hilton, or Auntie as they called her, died. Oh, bummer. Her biological daughter, Edith, became the twins' guardian. And uh, Edith was married to a man named Myers Myers. Ugh. Why? I don't Why know. would somebody. His I parents know. did not love him. And her and her husband, he was a salesman from yeah, Australia. Yeah, sure he was. So they, um, they took custody of Violet and Daisy, and they saw them as, you know, you know basically as their opportunity, you know, their financial security. Well, sure. So uh, they took them uh, on tour, and they were very controlling of the girls, Violet and Daisy, they would not let them out of their sight. Um, one of them had to be in the room with the girls at all times, even when they slept at night. Because, you know, this is their cash cow, right? That's true. They weren't going to let them get away. They would not let any, uh, the girls were not allowed to have friends 
because the Myers you know, feared that there would be some problem and it would in, impact their money-making scheme. Yeah. These are quality people. Yeah, I know. It was uh, evident uh, throughout the course of the twins' lives that they viewed themselves as being owned, as I said, by the Myers, that they were the basic cattle and cash cows. Um, of Myers Myers. Yes, Myers Myers. Basically, they viewed herself as their property. Now, Myers Myers exploited this and ensured that um, however successful the twins became, um, they would never have information to, regarding the terms of their contract. So he kept them in the dark of all their contractual obligations and opportunities. Well, and the girls probably trusted that he was looking out for them. Well, they had no one else. Yeah. And then the other thing was um, they would make them uh, – because they, so they needed an act. They, I mean, you could show them off as being conjoined for a while, but that's not going to sell a lot of tickets eventually. People, right. That gets old. you got to do something. So they got to learn to juggle. Exactly. So they would make them um, rehearse hours and hours each day different talents, like playing the saxophone or violin – uh, in lieu of receiving a formal education, well, although they did teach them different languages, they I think oh, at okay. one point they they the girls could speak five different languages, so they were intelligent. They just wasn't giving you know the opportunity of regular education, right? Which probably wasn't that unusual for children with deformities in right. Victorian you know, England. So. Um, they were basically captives most of their lives, kept away from other people, and you know, the, and um, the buyers were kind of running their lives, running and running their lives. If they didn't comply and if they didn't, you know, rehearse for hours up on end, they were beaten with the buckle end of the belt. Ow! Yeah, so very abusive. But as I said, they mastered five languages. They also became expert seamstresses. Well, they'd have to. You got to make your own shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, and they become. They did fancy embroidering, Randy. I love fancy embroidering. Yeah, yeah. So you can't fancy. fancy. You can't get fancy embroidering on every corner. Well, no, no. Clearly, you cannot. I I'm going to have some clothes fancily embroidered later today. Really. Uh-huh. What are those? Some shirts. What are, what are going to be on those shirts? I can't tell you until you see them. I'm going to have them fancily embroidered. Hmm. Maybe I'll get a monogram. With your name or some random name? I will pick three initials that I like. <laughs> that doesn't necessarily have to be yours. Do not. That B- really, you know what? BS does not go on. BSH or just BS doesn't go on everything. I always just wanted to, you know, go into the shop and say, you know, can you have my, can you monogram this shirt? And when they ask what initials, just, I don't, I don't mind. Yeah. Whatever. Whatever you want. So <laughs> are I was, there, are there some are cheaper? Or, yeah. Cause you know, you make that person's life. I mean, they'll be talking about you at Thanksgiving dinner for like oh, sure. years, years. And some future. of those letters are hard. Like if you have a Q in your name, that's, that's you should get way paid fancy. more for that. You should get paid more for a Q. But listen, so I was, I was listening to the radio earlier this week and they were talking about. A pair of Hitler's underwear yeah. sold for like $6,000. Were they soiled? I don't know. Because I think you should be more if they're soiled. Well, 
I don't. He had the sif, so I don't know. Well, but, anywho, but, but I mean, was it, did they have like? Uh, I don't think so. There were a pair of boxer briefs that he left at a hotel in 1938. Racing stripes or anything? I don't think it had skid marks or anything like that. But they were monogrammed. Oh, His underwear nice. were monogrammed. Well, he was the Fuhrer. He went the Fuhrer. Um, work, work, work. Um, he was. Yeah. But they were monogrammed. It was sold for like $6,000. Why do uh, you need yeah. your underwear monogrammed? Well, you want to make sure you're getting your own underwear when you put them on. You might put And they had like- garter. Like, um, they were. it was almost like garters on the end of them. And I don't know if that was to keep them. Or you just wanted to feel pretty. Well, maybe he wanted to feel pretty, but they had, it was, oh, it was like they would attach to his shirt. Okay. To his undershirt. So he would tuck in his shirt oh, or an so undershirt. They, oh, and it was like a onesie or something? Well, it would attach. So it was like, yeah. Oh, that's, so was, that's too complicated. Oh, there was a lot going on with these underwear. <laughs> like they had adjustable waistband and it was monogrammed and it well, was. Adjustable waistband is a good idea, but. Yeah, but I'm, well, and so is to keep your shirt tucked in. I bet that eliminates plumber's butt. If you it have probably like, does, that kind it, of contraption on your yeah, drawers. When you feel trapped all the time, I'd feel like I would just like. You know, I've gotten into <laughs> some clothes before where I'm like, yeah, no, this isn't going to work. Yeah. No, yeah, that's interesting. My wedding dress. <laughs> there was a lot of fluff there. <laughs> I always say when I, you know. Put a shirt on that's too small. <laughs> oh, my husband like panics. He panics. Like, I can't get it off. I can't get it. I'm like, serious. It, you're in a shirt in our living room. Like, come on. But because, he just, well, you know, when you buy, like, if I'm traveling overseas and sometimes, you know, my luggage oh, is lost or whatever, yeah, and you have, the sizes are all different. Yes. And so I buy a uh, large shirt there, here, and it would fit me. But if I buy it there, it's like a small here. Oh, I know. It's and ridiculous. It, and then I just, you know, I've. You know, I and like, then you're my, like my belly sticking out. Yeah, it's like a half shirt. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I had to shirt. wear. I had to wear for under my wedding dress. I had to wear a corset, mm-hmm. and it was. I mean, and it had these like metal bars that went up through the. Oh my that, god! Yeah, sounds well, like a torture device. It was serious. It was some serious <laughs> shit. Well, they used to use whalebone, uh-huh. but it had these metal bars that would go through there, and you know, I kept everything up and tucked and everything else. But I'm telling you what, by the end of the night, I'm like, oh my. Get it. We feel good to take it it off. Probably feel good to take it off. Yes. Okay. Um, So, um, yeah, they were seamstresses. They worked. They they rehearsed. They sung. They danced. All that sort of thing. They were talented. They really were. But all of this was, you know, at the threat of being beaten. And worse, and this is probably actually accurate, uh, they were told if they didn't, you know, uh, rehearse and if they didn't perform, that they would uh, the Myers would have them institutionalized, which is probably a pretty oh. legitimate threat. Right? You know, they probably could have done that in the 1920s, and they, of course uh, they feared that in the 1920s when the girls were in their teens, they were placed on stages with vaudeville legends appearing on the same bill with acts such as Charlie Chapman. Charlie Chaplin or Charlie? Charlie Chaplin. Okay. And tap dancing with Bob Hope. Really? Now, you can't say you've ever tap danced with Bob Hope. I've never tap danced with anybody. (laughs) Especially Bob Hope. Especially Bob Hope. I remember Howard Stern had Bob Hope on his show when he was like 103. Ugh. And... He, I swear to God, he he didn't know where he was at. I mean, you know, he... he oh, that's sad. It was sad. It was kind of like the Dick Clark thing yeah. in the later years. 
had, he, he, I don't even think he knew who he was talking to. Howard Stern was interviewing him. I don't even think he knew who Probably Howard not. Stern. But he had these, um, he had um, the Larry King um, suspenders. suspenders on. And these things were up to almost his chin. I mean, oh, well, yeah. <laughs> I mean, he looked awful. He looked, ugh. Yeah, he was. But yeah. he didn't know. He had no clue where he was at. I, I guess I don't know. He lived to be like a hundred or something. But I, yeah, he got to be really old. But yeah. yeah, no. And that's sad that people will. Yeah, especially put him on Howard Stern. Really? Yeah. Like who fucking booked that? That's yeah, bullshit. Yeah. And, and how bad does he need? How bad do you need publicity at? Well, you can't. Or yeah. Yeah. You don't. But anyway, um, the Hiltons, um, uh, Daisy and Violet, were uh, early vaudeville career. Was a uh, great success, Brandy. Excellent. Netting them profits up to uh, $5,000 a week. Now, that was pretty good dough back in the 30s. $5,000 a week? A week. It's pretty nice for now. Yeah, but, uh, you know, it was big time back in, back in the 30s during the Great Depression. Well, right. But the girls, unfortunately, saw none of this money. Of course. That went all to Edith and Meyer Myers. Mm-hmm. Fucking Meyer Myers. Dick. Um, so the girls never profited. It was around this time, though, that they met on stage the famous illusionist, Brandy, mm-hmm. Mr. Harry Houdini. You, you, of course, are good friends. You know Mr. Houdini. We're tight. Yeah. Uh, uh, he visits me in my dreams. He could saw a woman in half, saw it myself with these own two eyes. You did? Yes, it's amazing. What? He, how did you see it with your own two eyes? I saw it on film on YouTube. He saw a woman in half, and Penn and Teller can do that. But go ahead. And yes, he told me to pick a card, any card, and he got it. Right. He did. Fucking amazing. You're really old. Now you know who I really liked was that Chris Angel guy. Is he still doing? His he's thing? still around. Yeah, his kid has cancer or something. I think. Oh really? That's yeah, sad. he's real sick. Oh, that's not good. But. Uh, but anyway, Harry Houdini took an interest in the girls. I bet he did. And they become real good. Actually, they become real good friends. And um, he saw what was going on mm-hmm. with them being um, uh, screwed. Screwed. Yeah, the, he saw they were they, that the you know that the the guardians were u- just using them and uh, taking advantage of them. So he encouraged them to read uh, newspapers and other media about uh to read about themselves in in you know like variety and all the yeah. they were in all the you know major papers at the time hollywood the uh showbiz papers at the time and when they did they were shocked to learn that they were as successful as they were and as famous as they were they had no idea because yeah. all they did was rehearse and go on stage and then right you know be put back in their room and they had no contact hardly only the people they had contact with were the people they were on stage with well, so right. uh, Harry Udini was able to kind of open their eyes, and this is time when they're they're go- growing into being young ladies, right? right. Eventually, um, they were involved with a lawsuit um, over some uh, uh, theater that didn't pay them, and they had an attorney, or you know Myers Myers had an attorney named mm-hmm. Martin Arnold. Yeah. And after they learned uh, this was all going on, after this lawsuit was over, they and they learned that they how famous they were and how popular they were, and you know as Harry Udini kind of enlightened them how much money that uh, their guardians were making on him, they sought uh, this attorney out 
to see if he could assist them. And he was surprised to learn that the girls who were now 23 were not independent of the Myers yet. So, Because um, they never knew they could. They didn't know. They had no idea. As I said, they referred to themselves as their property, right? right. So at their request, um, Martin Arnold, the attorney, helped the, liberate the girls from their abusive guardians. Daisy and Violet were emancipated in 1931 and awarded around $80,000, which is still a lot of dough Yeah, back in 1931. So in January 1931, the young women approached life on their own terms for the very first time, Randy. Is that encouraging? It is. Yeah, well, they went straight from an abusive isolation into a limitless celebrity lifestyle, Randy. Yeah, so they fell into the drugs and sex, sex, drugs, and rock and roll. (laughs) Well... Not so much the sex or I bet drugs. it's really easy to have an orgy with them. <laughs> Your threesome would be pretty easy to arrange. Well, I would think so. <laughs> and I got some more information about that. Oh. The, of course, I found, I sought that information. Of course out. you did. Well, our listeners want to know. You of know, course we, they do. you can't leave no stone unturned. No stone. For our, you and your you're in your tireless research. Yes, for our uh, listeners who uh, would expect n- uh, nothing less. Well, right, then excellence. Yes. Right. Okay. So uh, with their immediate freedom, they enjoyed, uh, after their emancipation, um, they enjoyed it similar to a newly independent child, liberated from the grasp of their overbearing parents. Wow. How dramatic I made that. That's quite the picture. Thank you, Brandy. The girls, Brandy, dyed their hair. Crazy. (laughs) They splurged on the newest fashion. Yeah, but they were master seamstresses. Well, they went out and bought their own. They started smoking, drinking, and partying the nights away. What? I know. I don't know any child that would do that. I know. They experienced many problems, uh, though. They although they, they did experience many problems other adults did not experience. For example, Brandy. Trying to fit through a door side by side? <laughs> they were questioned. There was... This ongoing question as to whether Violet and Daisy was one person or two. Oh. Now, today we would say, obviously, they were two different people. Right. But back in the day, now, sometimes they would use it. They would go with whatever would benefit them the most. Well, yeah, if you only have to pay for one ticket to the movie. Exactly. Uh, if, uh, For example, on uh, when they got on a train. One ticket. One ticket. Right. But. They saw themselves, of course, as individuals, and they had a lot of trouble securing a insurance policy as two different people. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But uh, they were finally insured with Lloyds of London. They that, will insure some shit. And they insured them for being, yeah, I know, they insured like alien abductions. And all kinds oh, they of insure like Heidi Klum's legs. And, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, uh, they'll insure Charo's some shit. Charo's breast. And, really? Yeah. Were her, were her boobs that great? You know, I never did get Charo, really. I, I don't I, get it either. I never just yells she was, a lot. I never thought she was that talented, but apparently she has a big following. She yells a lot. Yeah. Well, Are her breasts that great? I'm not a big boob guy, so I don't, you know, I guess they're yeah, okay. That's a Chuck question. Yeah, that's a, we'll get to Chuck when he gets back. We'll follow up with Chuck on the Charo question. Sure. Uh, she was on, I know she was on Love Boat quite often. Oh, yeah. Like every other week. I remember that. But like I said, she her. just always, I just, she yelled a lot. Yeah. She, and she's still alive. 
Her and John Davison seem to be on Love Boat a lot. John Davidson was on Love Boat a lot. Yeah, it's too much. Really. I don't know if he's still alive. I think so. I don't remember. Char is still alive. Yeah. Well, God bless her. Anyway, I don't know if her breast is still insured, but anyway, um, Lloyd's of London officially made them two people. They insured them at two, two nice. separate people. But the girls, the, you know, there were still questions. And uh, so the girls had an interesting way to determine whether or not they were one or two people. They decided to settle the matter by going to uh, a police department in Richmond, Virginia, where they had the Bureau of Identification, uh, who were the uh, person in charge of the Bureau of Identification, a Sergeant William A. Toller. They went to him and asked him whether or not he perceived them as a person or persons. I need just fingerprint them both. That's what he did. Oh, okay. He fingerprinted them, telling them that no two people or no two people would have the same identical fingerprints. And it turns out, la la, that they had different fingerprints. There you go. So he confirmed that they were indeed two different people. Did they get a certification? Something to carry with them? Did they get a little card for their wallet? I think it was more for their own, uh, you know, for their own. They should have got a plaque. Yeah. So anyway, they were pronounced officially two different people by the state of Virginia. In 1932, Brandy. Yes. Violet and Daisy starred in the cult classic movie Freaks. Have you ever seen Freaks? I have not. I've seen part of it on on the YouTube. YouTube, yeah. It's pretty fucked up, man. <laughs> it's pretty fucked Is it just about them or is it no, no, several no. freaks? They played themselves in Freaks. No, no, it... it it had the storyline, but it – well, I'll tell you about it. It was a low-budget horror movie. The characters played were played by people who worked in carnival sideshows, ah. uh, performers who had real deformities. <laughs> yes. In the movie, the sisters played themselves. Yes. As a subplot to the movie, Daisy is married to one of the circus clowns. Ew. <laughs> well, that's bullshit. Nobody marries the clowns. Uh uh, but then she was uh, she in the in the plot. She was married to one of the circus clowns, but then um, forced to marry the circus owner. So the circus owner fired the clown in order to marry. Uh, Daisy. I didn't know that's all it took to dissolve a marriage. Well, this was in this movie. This is the plot in the movie. So I right, but still, come on. But anyway, so yeah, they were other freaks. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. 
For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. In a movie, uh, I should say free. Saves they, on they makeup. Were, there were other people with deformities in the movie. Um, but anyway, in the movie, whenever one of, when Daisy was making out with her clown, there were scenes where they were frolicking, and uh, Violet would, uh, they would show her face on screen, and she would be experiencing the pleasure of being touched by a man. So I don't know if you've experienced that pleasure or not, but... What? Yeah, yeah. so they, they kind of played up this whole... I bet. ...conjoined twin thing. Yeah, oh, pff, yeah. But I bet it'd be really hard to do that thing where, you know, when... You see it in the movies all the time when people are making out and then they kind of roll over and one of them's on the bottom and then they roll over again and the other one's on the bottom. Yes. I bet that's a struggle to do for them. Well, actually, they, and, and we'll, I'll talk to you about this in a little bit later. Actually, uh, remember I mentioned... No they stone were, unturned. They were friends with Harry Houdini? No, no, no. I got that. And I got that part. It's in my part. I got that. All I'm saying is just physically... Okay. Yeah, yeah. It's physically, really awkward. That's like a sp- running over a speed bump every well, time you I read, roll I don't over. think this is in the notes, but I read where they one would uh, when one was having uh, relations, the sexy time, the other one would read a book and eat an apple. <laughs> so every time you sm- every time the smell of a book wafted in, somebody was getting horny. Yeah, nice. Now in this movie, among the twins' co-stars were Simon Metz, and I know that name probably doesn't sound familiar to you, but if you look him up on the uh, World Wide Web, you would see a picture of it. You, you would he would be familiar to you. He, he was a very tall guy, bald-headed, kind of deformed head, and he wore a dress because he was incontinent. And he was. Uh, I'm not sure one, what one has to do with the other. <laughs> I'm not sure either. But there were also in the uh, co star in this film was um, the intersex Josephine Joseph. The uh, what? <laughs> I'm reading what is in my notes. The intersex. I don't. I guess is like a like a trans pangen whatever. I don't see because I'm going to say a word that's probably politically incorrect now I'm guessing when, when I was a kid they were called morphin dykes I don't know if you ever heard that term I know that sounds like a Portsmouth term yeah but it's a bit yeah so anyway you can figure it out no there I can't <laughs> I really can't she was divided by her left and right side was divided by gender so like her left side <laughs> in the movie okay so, was it a real person yeah yeah yeah. Okay, so she but had, she wasn't really like straight down the middle, you know. But I mean, in she had both genitalia and one boob. I guess she had two boobs. Well, I don't know. I never counted her boobs. I I've never actually seen this particular person. She's just in the movie. Uh huh. All right. That sounds like some freaky shit. They also included Johnny Eck, who was the legless man. <clears throat> And the completely limbless Prince Ranadan. 
He was also known as the human torso. What? Was he really a prince? <laughs> you know, I don't know. If he just, maybe like Chuck, he just uses the title, the colonel. I don't know if he was really a prince. It, it certainly gives him... An air of authority, though. I mean, if you don't have any limbs to be, you know, you need well, something. It's not like you can storm into a room and assert <laughs> you your authority. going on. He was also known as the warm man. <laughs> I, I'm not naming these people. These are the names they gave themselves or their promoters gave them. But anyway. Because he... He looked like a worm. I mean, he would... He had no oh, worms. No. I know. It's sad. It's sad. But he... <laughs> He he was called the human torso. Right? Well, I, I guess I mean. So who came up with that? Because that's just genius. Somebody's got some imagination. Yeah. The human torso. Who else has a torso? <laughs> like, of course, it's a human torso. Well, I mean, that's all he was, basically. He had no, I got there. that. But elephants, you know, seriously, torso. I don't know. I'm just so glad we're doing this one without Chuck. <laughs> oh, that's awful. They also starred in the movie was Elizabeth Green, the stork woman, and I don't know what her particular uh, skills well, or that deformity was. Well, that's not yeah, good research. I, I couldn't find it. And Cuckoo, the bird, Could you? <laughs> Cuckoo, the bird girl. She kind of looked like a bird, and she had feathers. And Cuckoo, the bird girl. Mm-hmm. She had something called the Vic Chow Seckle syndrome, which she was kind of like a bird-headed dwarf. Yeah, yeah. She's most remembered in that in that movie by the scene where she she kind of stole the show. She dances on the table, and does she do the funky chicken? <laughs> I don't know. Look her up, Cuckoo. Uh, what did I say her name was? Cuckoo the Bird Girl. All right. They also were uh, in the cast included uh, the dwarf siblings Harry and Daisy Earls. Okay, Olga. The bearded lady. Are you looking at the cuckoo? Oh no! <laughs> Sad, isn't it? What the fuck? I know. I know. I feel so bad. If any, if any of you, if any of you have seen American Horror Story, the, the freak show, uh, it's like uh, what Pepper was, the, the, or Meep, one of those. That's what. That's what it looks like. Yeah. Uh, and she's in a costume. She's just a little. She's, it's not good. It's, she, uh, she's not covered with feathers. No, but they make her look like a They do. They give her bird shoes and, yeah, bird feet. What was the other girl's name? I gotta look her up, too. Uh, which one? The swan or the stork girl? Yeah, Elizabeth Green, the stork woman. Okay. Oh, Elizabeth Green. It pops up like somebody's. (laughs) It's like you're not the only one. It's trending. (laughs) Uh, You're not the see. only one looking. She's on Facebook. Um. <laughs> it also starred uh, Seltzer, the human skeleton, and what? JoJo, better known as the dog face boy. So it's quite a cast that's in this movie, Brandy. They they were surrounded by a lot of talent. Oh, Yeah. Now, the film was, ne- <laughs> I know it's hard to believe, Brandy, but the film was negatively received Nuh-uh. by audiences and critics alike. Okay, so the stork girl is essentially the same as bird, the bird person. All right, look up, uh, what, did, what did we say, what did we say look up, uh, Simon Metz. 
Oh, there's the human torso. Yeah. No. Okay, who am I looking at? Simon Metz, M-E-T-Z. All right, let's see. I think he was the one that was was wearing a dress because of incontinence. Anyway, the film was negatively received by audiences and critics alike. Recording a loss of $164,000. Oh, no. Do you see a picture of him? Yeah. It's sad. It's really sad. That's so bad. Really should have saved this episode for Chuck. Anyway, over the years, um, the film has, over the years, the film gained an underground following and is quite popular today, Brandy. So you may want to check it out, especially at Halloween. It gets a lot of um, hits on Halloween. I bet it does. The sisters, though, uh, Daisy and Violet, made very little money for their appearance in Freaks, but it did help them draw bigger crowds whenever they performed in Vaudeville. So it was some, it was some, there was some promotional value to it for them. The dog they, face boy just has that wolf. No, um, oh, dog face boy. Yeah, Jojo. Yeah, he's, Jojo. He's just got that wolf syndrome where all the hair grows on yeah. his face real long. Yeah. Oh. So as their career continues to flourish. The sisters fell, uh, respectively, fell in and out of love with various men from Brandy. Well, wow. most of them were connected to show business. Mm-hmm. Well, that was. They had a telephone booth. This is interesting. They, the sisters, had a telephone booth installed in their plush New York apartment, spe- uh, specifically modified so that one twin could sit inside, whispering sweet nothings into her lover's ear over the phone. While the other one sat outside of the phone booth reading a magazine or filing her nails. How about Eating that, an apple and reading. How about that, Brandy? Well, you know, got to have some privacy. Now, they were involved in some scandalous love affairs during their life. I would think it would all be scandalous. Violet was engaged to a band leader, a famous band leader named Maurice, Maurice Lambert, Brandy. Not Lawrence Welk. No. Oh, okay. For a while, they were engaged. Uh, but they had a hard time securing a marriage license. Uh, they attempted to get married in the state of New York, but the they were denied a marriage license on the grounds of immorality. Yeah, because it's three people instead yeah, of yeah, yeah, yeah. They, it was like uh, because they were yeah because they were conjoined. Uh, New York and uh, twenty one other states denied them. Uh, a marriage license on the same ground. Now, later they would find a loophole in Texas. There you go. <laughs> but it was too late to save the relationship uh, between Violet and her beloved Maurice. They eventually broke up. Now, after the breakup, though, Brandy, Violet soon learned that she was with child. Good Lord. Tell us what happens next, young Violet and Daisy. Yeah, so they all have, you know, remember, they all have their little separate lady bits. Right. So the prospect of earning a living on the road while trying to raise a child alone overwhelmed Violet, who attempted suicide on at least three occasions during the pregnancy. Now, th- now I, should, I can understand not <clears throat> having, you know, wanting to give your uh, sister some privacy and not wanting to, you know, allow her to have her romantic interludes and all that. But when... You commit suicide. You're a joint twin. You really need to talk that. Yeah, through. you need to talk that shit through because, first of all, if the other one survives, she's lugging around your <laughs> dead ass for the till the end of time. Right. I mean, you're not just gonna it's gonna stink. I mean, there's a lot going yeah. on there that you have to consider. Yeah, so really. that's kind of some bullshit. And 
Here's the sub question. You know why she's you know she's taking the barbiturates. Her sister is on the you know on the telephone calling nine one one. Well, get so over there, here right away. Right. So there's that. But then you know my other question would be, if uh-huh. the one commits tries to commit suicide and fails, but it kills the other one, is she charged with murder? It could, or is, it would be it could be suicide instead of murder suicide. It could be suicide murder. Well, but if she didn't kill herself. If she, but what if she kills herself? As a, yeah, suicide then, murder. Suicide murder. Rare, rare, Brandy. You don't see that often. You don't. <laughs> you do not. Would have been the first case. <laughs> it would have been. All right. So Violet finally gives birth to a healthy baby girl in early 1933. And although Violet was the mother, uh, it is said that it was Daisy who experienced the, laser, the labor pain. Sounds like a good deal. <laughs> That's crying, <laughs> crying hysterically. I know Daisy. Daisy, Daisy didn't the, get knocked up. Why she got all this shit? Daisy gets the shit into the stick throughout this whole Boy, story. Boy, she really does. Uh, she cried hysterically for seven hours before Violet finally decided to give birth to a healthy seven-pound, nine-ounce baby girl. She named Rose. So they're keeping with the flower theme, I guess. I guess. So uh, they Violet agrees to give Rose up for adoption because. That was responsible. You know, as, 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 you know, Journey and the Eagles have taught us, <laughs> the road is no place to foster a child or yes. a relationship. Yes. So despite the heartbreak Violet experienced with Maurice, neither woman gave up on love. Oh, that's good. They're hopeless romantics. Well, yeah. Both women were young and attractive and sought male companionship. They were, they were pretty attractive. They were all right still, though. That's... It's, I mean, yeah, it's hot. I mean, you go, it's well, you got the dinner, you're buying dinner for three. Yeah, it's sketchy. Well, yeah, yeah they're expensive to date. They're not a cheap date. <laughs> no, they're not. You got to win them both shit at the carnival. <laughs> yeah, movies. Oh, I mean, my. Well, if you only pay for one, depends on how they do yeah. that. But you still got to buy popcorn for everybody. It, nah, like they didn't share that fucking popcorn. Well, they're going to have to. It's yeah. bullshit. All right, so... It's fucking weird. What kind of sick sons of bitches? <laughs> I know. Like, this, this like, story is out there. You're so pretty. <laughs> Mind if I call you sometime? Yeah. You're so pretty. No, you. <laughs> yeah. Whistle at him. Who, me? 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 You? All right. So. The they wasn't me. identical twins either. They were. They were not identical. Yeah. Daisy was a natural blonde and Violet was a brunette. Uh, but they were approximately the same size. I wonder if the which is carpet matches the drapes. I don't know if the carpet matches the drapes, but since they were the same size, that's helpful because you don't want to be lugging somebody <laughs> along that's when yeah. you're five foot ten and they're three foot eleven, <laughs> or you weigh you know you weigh one hundred and ten, they weigh two fifty. Exactly. You don't want to, you can't jog with that person. <laughs> no. Dude. Oh, that would suck. What if they tried to jog? What if they had to exercise? I mean, you, you're gonna like you need to get your steps in. You're gonna have them bickering at you all the time. Well, I mean, you after you're do, long, the, do you wear two Fitbits or just <laughs> I one? Don't, I don't see. Those are things that we don't know. Do you? I mean, when you go to the gym to lift weights, I mean, can one of you work out? Well, can one need, of you do legs while the other one does arms? Do you need 20,000 steps a day or 10? All these good are questions. questions. These are questions. They're burning questions. Yes. Uh, they had many passionate affairs with the men on the vaudeville circus circuit. So they were just banging left and right, it sounds like. Well, they, the men from vaudeville... <laughs> <laughs> the men with the straw caps. Well, you know, the human torso or stork boy or Jojo the no, whatever. Those were freaks. They were, they also had regular entertainers in vaudeville. You had Harry Udini. Now, they never, you know, I, Harry Udini was pretty close to him. I never got the sense that he was banging him or anything, but his name comes up. That's all I'm saying. 
You you be your the judge yourself. You judge Harry Udini on his on his merits. I'm just saying his name comes up a lot in this story. Yeah, three way. Where, if he's banging, I don't know if he did or not. I would not want to besmirch the name of Harry Udini, but I'm just saying he gave him a lot of advice and consent, and he seemed like a close friend. You know, uh, Harry actually taught the girls how to hypnotize themselves. So that one could zone out while the other one was having the sexy time with their boyfriend. And so why would you teach someone that unless you were interested in getting in their pants or pants or pants, whatever the fuck it is. Yeah, I bet. Yeah. Well, they had to be master seamstresses. They could make their own (laughs) underwear because they got to have one big leg hole. Do they? I would think so. But they they were fused at the hip. Yeah. They had four legs. No, no, no. But I mean, still, those legs... Like, in order to pull them up, oh. if they're fused at the hip, I mean, you got to have, I would think you'd have to have, like, one big leg hole. <laughs> I don't know. Seems like seems like an awful lot of apparatus. Dra- uh, getting dressed would be a bitch. Oh, my God. What if you can't d- d- agree on a theme to wear for the day? <laughs> or what if you look good in one color and your twin looks good in something else? I, you have to agree on a theme. You have to be a master seamstress. seamstress. Well, and you have to agree... One can't be cowboy you know, wearing boots and whatever else while somebody well, else wants to go high fashion. Because if, I mean, I hope that they had their kinks kind of aligned, like one, both were submissives or both were doms or something. Because well, that if could you have really, a dom and a submissive, I mean, that's fucked up. That's that a yin and a yang. Fu- that is fucked up because then you've got, if you're a submissive, then now you got two people screaming at you, <laughs> trying to step on your nuts and whatever else. It's a bad scene. Spank you. Yeah, all of that. <laughs> Here, we're not good people. Uh, long-term relationships were more difficult, however. No kidding. <laughs> I wonder why. Both women did not always care for their sisters' partners, which led to many arguments between the two. But that's natural, right, between sisters. Being attached at the hip, it was ev- eventually agreed that one could not date a man without the other's approval. All right. That's fair enough. Um, after long efforts, when the when they went to get married, like I said, they both um, both twins eventually married, though the unions were quite short lived. Violet married a dancer. I'm telling you, Violet, man, she got around. She married a dancer. Well, I wonder how their first. Well, I'm going to tell you how their first dance was, went. What was her name? His name was James Moore. Uh, he, in 1936, she married, and he was known as Handsome James. Handsome James Moore. Wines and dines Violet for three months before proposing. All right. So evidently, Daisy's getting dick out of this. He's <laughs> whining and dining Violet while she's sitting over there sucking down Skyline crackers. Well, I mean, you know, you have to kind of, wouldn't you have to, if they have this agreement, you'd have to kind of woo both of them. Do you have them. to sit at separate tables? <laughs> well, I don't, I, no, you I mean, I don't. How do you split up the check? <laughs> That's what I'm saying. I mean, it's, he wooed Violet. All right. And, you know, does that mean that Daisy's over there eating, you know? She's not over there. She's there. Well, behind me, eating <laughs> porridge. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, Handsome James was known on the vaudeville circuit as a bit of a gigolo. Oh. And was often James. seen escorting wealthy elderly widows around town. Oh, that's not good. Violet agreed to marry Handsome James on the condition that Daisy would give her blessing. Okay. Daisy, however, was reluctant to give her consent, probably because he made her eat porridge on their fucking dates. 
She feared that handsome James, with his pencil-thin mustache. Oh, he had that Jack Cassidy mustache. The Dudley Do-Right thing. Yeah. Not Dudley Do-Right. Snidely Whiplash. I'm going to fucking bring back that pencil. Uh, oh, I absolutely think you should. Uh, mustache. Uh, Maybe I'll try to grow one before DweebCon. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, you have to get it so you can twirl it. you got to get that really cool mustache uh, and then wax. I need, well, I have to have a mustache wax. That's hard to find. It is not. <laughs> They have it on Amazon, or there are many, you don't many... See, you don't see too many men with pencil-thin mustaches anymore. You don't, because they're awful. <laughs> Jack uh, Cassidy got laid a lot. He had Well, him. that was back in the he, D.A.Y. He banged uh, Shirley Jones. He had him. Well, still back in the day. Yeah. Shirley Jones, I heard, was a bit of a... <laughs> bit of a harlot back in the day. All right, so... Does she, does she bang... Uh, I think she banged everybody. On the Partridge family, uh, David Cassidy. That was her son, wasn't it? Yeah, but okay. I don't know. Probably, Danny, you know, Lucci. the Brady bunch were all nailing each other. So yeah. why wouldn't the Partridges? At Alice, man, that, she was hot. She she had that meat guy, that Sam, Sam Sam the butcher, Sam the butcher. Yeah, yeah, he was hitting that. Oh, and twice on Sunday. <laughs> um, so she's worried that and, handsome uh, James kept his thumb off the scale when she come in. You know that's right. <laughs> Uh, was only in, and they was only interested in controlling the sister's career and gaining access to their small savings. Uh, okay, so Daisy thinks that he's after the money. Right. right. Eventually, James charmed Daisy, and she reluctantly gave her blessing. Okay. Violet and James were married on November 2nd, 1936, in a civil ceremony. Very nice. Violet, surprisingly, wore a special crafted bridal gown for the event. <laughs> Is that surprising? <laughs> I wonder if she just... You know, I have this image in my head that, you know, those horse costumes, <laughs> where the ones are rear. Or what? Yeah, like so. Like I'm wondering if she made her wedding dress like it, so she's the only because you can't upstage the bride. So she had to throw it over. Her. So she threw it over. Oh, her. She just, you know, that's her train. She's the back end. That's my train. Oh. Yeah. Well, you I, can't upstage the bride. I know, but that seems like it's it's awful. Yes, because that is the most awful thing that's happened to these fucking girls. <laughs> yeah. After the couple exchanged vows, there was a small reception attended mostly by the twins' show business friends. All right. Very nice. During the newlyweds' first dance, All right. Daisy stumbled. Her causing sister. Yeah. Okay. Shocking. Daisy stumbled. <laughs> Had a little bit too much to drink, maybe? Well, maybe he tried to twirl her or do a <laughs> lift or some shit. You don't know. He was a dancer. He was a dancer. Handsome Jack. Tiny Handsome James. Not a tiny dancer. No. Not a tiny dancer. Handsome James. By the way, I cannot understand that song, Tiny Dancer. It makes no fucking sense to me. I'm sorry that you feel that way. Hold me closer, Tiny Dancer. I fucking went. Let me tell you. I, I no, went. Ballerinas one, are small. I went one time to fucking see an Elton John concert. Don't ask me why. I love but Elton la- John. At, I love Elton John. Last minute. It was for a date. Impress a date. Clearly. I paid $175 to see Elton John up in the no, nosebleed section. Only fucking song I wanted to hear was Candle in the Wind. He played for three solid fucking hours, no Candle in the Wind. His big, uh, his big encore song? I'm a bitch. Tiny Dancer. I love Tiny Dancer. And I want to hear Nikita, too. He didn't play that. Really? He yeah. has a lot of hits. Yeah, but, you know, a Candle in the Wind's like a major hit of his. Why wouldn't you play that? It's not my favorite. I like Marilyn Monroe. What can I say? Still not my favorite. She was not joined at the hip by anyone. Well, no, she was not. All right, please continue. Back to Violet and Daisy, the conjoined twins. He's singing about a ballerina. Why are you, whatever. Oh, he's he's full of it. Well. Tiny Dancer. Hold me closer, Tiny Dancer. Please. It borders on sick. (laughs) 
It's like he's with a child or something. It's creepy. No, ballerinas are small. And they're creepy. Ballerinas are small people. They have no boobs. They're I, short. I, I know what they, a ballerina is. Okay, I, I don't. Clearly, you don't because Tiny Dancer is a ballerina. They starve themselves. Well, I can't help that. He's not into their psychological did you issues. See Black he just Sun, wants to. Swan. I did. That's how they are. Okay. Both of those girls were adults. He doesn't want. He's not interested in no, her mental health or whatever. Her guy, anorexia I'm, I'm nervosa. Just saying guys who are interested in ballerinas or something, there's something askew. Because they're Didn't you small date a ballerina? Feet. No, I never dated a ballerina. I like to date a contortionist. I bet you would. Yeah, but I haven't. Oh, whatever. I dated a dancer before, but not a ballerina. But not a tiny dancer. <laughs> not a tiny dancer. All right. Because that's just sick. Right, clearly. All right, so Daisy stumbles and causes her and Violet to fall. Okay. And Violet's Does embarrassed. Does she have too much to drink? I don't know. It doesn't say. All right. Uh, Violet's embarrassed, and although Daisy well, claimed... Well, I would be embarrassed if you're if you're in your... Uh, you know, you're the f- if you're doing, you know, your uh, first dance as a couple, and then you stumble and fall in front of all your f- family and friends, that would be embarrassing. It would, but you move past it. All right. Um, so Daisy claimed that the fall was accidental, but Violet thought the stumble was intentional. Well, she's got her making making her be the train. Uh, I know I, she can't see no, anything. We made, we made that part up. I think. Yeah, I don't. I don't know that we did. <laughs> I think we embellished um, A heated argument ensued, and the sisters stopped talking to each other for 21 days. That's a long time when you're that, I, I you're imagine that's, twin. Well, and if they're not talking, if, so, if you're going to invite one to the party, that's, how do you do that? Do you have to invite them both? Like, I really like Violet, but Daisy's kind of a bitch. Yeah, I think you have to invite, you have to invite them both. See, then you invite no one. Fuck mm-hmm. that. Fuck that noise. Um, Violet mm-hmm. would claim that Daisy intentionally ruined her honeymoon by giggling... And repeating or parroting what James and Violet said during their lovemaking sessions. <laughs> Daisy was Stick it. your finger there. <laughs> oh, baby. Do it, baby. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that would be a little annoying. <laughs> that would be really fucking annoying. But it didn't matter. Uh, let's see. Despite her sister's disapproval, Violet tried to make the marriage work. All right. She forgave handsome, snidely whiplash James of numerous affairs. Uh, with men. Oh, yeah. That's the other thing. I, I heard that he was gay. I read that he was gay. Uh, so, and for dipping so, into the couple's savings account to promote his own career. So. Handsome James. What it comes down to is Daisy was right. <laughs> Fucking yeah. Daisy was right. Yeah. Nobody listens to that bitch. Yeah, you know. And she's right. And you know she was doing the I told you so dance. You know oh, she was behind her going, I told you that fucking guy was no good. I told you that. You know, the, you know that, you, that? you know she's trying to get on Dr. Phil. and Who told you that this was coming? I did. Because <laughs> no, I love would is totally blind. do that. Love is blind, Brandy. Whatever. Uh, the marriage didn't last long and Violet kicked more out uh, when he slapped Daisy for being too nosy. Really? <laughs> Well, she did sound like a little. She was putting her nose in there. I don't think she had a choice. She was parroting them during sex. <laughs> she wasn't parenting them. She was parroting them. I said them. parenting them during you sex. You said parenting. Whatever. <laughs> well, there's a, there's a huge <laughs> gulf right. of difference. But anyway, that would get annoying. Quick. Oh, that feels so good. <laughs> Your dick is so big. <laughs> that would be annoying. Well, yeah, but anyway, but I he shouldn't slap- have slapped her. I agree. He shouldn't have no, he shouldn't have slapped her. But how could she be being too nosy? Like she's right there. It's not like she can leave the room. 
Five years later, Daisy married an actor named Harold Estep. She was on the other foot now, isn't it? Who performed... Or the same foot. <laughs> or, yeah, whatever. Who performed under the name Buddy Sawyer. The marriage did not have Violet's support and lasted only 10 days. Oh, yeah. Estep was a violent alcoholic who would slap both Daisy and Violet when he was drunk. You see, they I think get... if you slap one, you automatically slap the other. It's they just got... how the pimp hand goes. <laughs> they should. They need to see. They need to stay away from those alcohol. Democratic process. I think they agreed on that, and somebody stepped away. Fucking Daisy trying to get out days. on her own. Well, I wonder if Violet started, you know, parroting. Uh... I bet she did. <laughs> uh, both Give it now to me, single. Daddy. Yeah. Both now single, the sisters continued their career in vaudeville, but vaudeville was dying, and so were the careers of Violet and Daisy Hilton. Having no prior experience experience managing their own money, schedule, or their care, the twins languished without oversight. As their fortune began to dwindle and their fame began to fade, the sisters tried their luck within the burlesque community. Oh, good. Lemonade. Going to show some boobs now. Lemonade. The sisters were to do a seductive strip tease, using only bubbles to cover their naked bodies on stage. That's sexy. They would also MC by telling jokes and dancing. All right. Now, here's the question. Yeah. So when do they get charged? So do the men when they come in? Do they get charged more because you're seeing more boobs? Or do you have to tip them more? Do, do you tip, get? Do you pay by the boob? I don't know. Do you put two dollars in their? Uh, in, in, Seems fair. In their um, panties, underwear, or do you just do a dollar? It's. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, so, uh, they would also MC by telling jokes and dancing. Okay, multi-talented young ladies. Yes, in 1951, if, Violet, you know, if they were around today, they'd be doing porn. Oh, for sure. Uh, 1951, Violet and Daisy starred in a second film, Chained for Life, an exploitation film loosely based on their lives. I'm pretty much, I'm pretty sure almost any job they've had up to this point has been exploitation. Pretty sure. Afterwards, they undertook personal appearances at double bill screenings of their two movies. Their efforts to promote the movie failed miserably. After a fairly unsuccessful run in promoting their films in various performances, the sisters landed a small ad campaign for Philip Morris promoting Twin Pack Potato Chips at a park-and-shop grocery store in Charlotte, North Carolina. Oh, how the mighty has fallen. Their tour manor, manager abandoned them in North Carolina. Uh-huh. And with no means of transportation or income, they were forced to take a job at the park-and-shop grocery store. Uh-huh. The twins would work here for the rest of their lives. Uh-huh. You know, and you know those people. I've, I've worked it's at a tough. grocery store. It's tough to get out of show business. Well... And I've worked at a grocery store, so you know all those people. Hey, did you see the new girls? <laughs> yeah. But it gets interesting how they do it. I'd tap say. that. Uh, the owner, Charles Reed, made a special station for them so they could each serve as cashiers. Nice. However, he'd only pay them one salary of $80 a well, week. That's fair. That's fair, Randy. Despite being financially strapped, the how twins... How much? $80 a week? $80 a week. Yeah, they were making 5000 in Vaudeville. Yes, I understand. Yeah. Despite being financially strapped, the twins loved their job. It was the first time they were living a semi-normal life. The owner of the store, um, Charles oh Reed. Jesus God, the owner of the store made an area in the back of the parking shop where Violet and Daisy could dance and sing and entertain their coworkers on breaks. They're on fucking break. Why do I have to entertain? What am I, a clown? Why do I? Why have to entertain you? Fuck you, people! I just want to smoke my cigarette and go back to work. Well, it sounds like they may have missed show business. 
Dude. So they was entertaining their coworkers. Nothing wrong with that. There was a long produce section at the back of the store, and at the end of the section, there were two counters where people lined up to have their produce weighed and priced. The counters were turned to accommodate the twins, and that's where they stayed. They kept such a low profile that a lot of the people they waited on had no idea they were Siamese twins. For the first time in their lives, the sisters seemed to be happy. Oh, but God bless them. In December of 1968, Violet caught the flu. Uh-oh. And just as she got better, Daisy got it. So Uh-oh. that was like at my house. Uh-oh. This is they were good. gone from work for a couple of weeks, and their boss would call every day to check on them. If they didn't want to be disturbed, they would take the phone off the hook. Well, that seems reasonable. One day, the phone rang and rang, and nobody answered it. It was January 4th of 1969 when their boss and his wife finally went over to the house and banged on the door and got no answer. They called the police who pried the door open. Inside, on a hallway floor, they found Daisy and Violet dead. They were laying on a heating grate on the hallway floor. They were probably trying to stay warm. They were 60 years old. Oh, that's sad. At least you don't die alone if you're a Well, that's true. The twins were victims of the Hong Kong flu. Fucking Hong Kong flu. Like Hong Kong fooey, but different. Fucking Hong Kong According to a forensic investigation, Daisy died first. And Violet died. See, I'm telling you, Daisy gets fucked. She's always get the shit into the stick. I know. And Violet died between two and four days later. Oh, God, I don't that know. sucks. Oh, that would suck. You yeah. in this situation, you do want to be the first to go. Yeah, yeah, that's not good. So would she have to like drag her body? And but my question is, if she died two to four days later, call a motherfucker. I call think, somebody. I think they they speculated that she was too ill to you know she didn't she was like in and out of conscious. So it wasn't like she was alert or whatever. All right. But so, no one knows for sure. But I think that's what I read was that she was, you know, kind of out of it, too. Uh, they were buried in one grave at Forest Lawn West Cemetery in Charlotte. Yeah, that's fucked up. They don't get their own grave. Looks like they separate them at death anyway. Uh, let's see. Having no living relatives, their boss, Charles Reed, was given the task of cleaning out their rented home. He found an unusual amount of pocketbooks stuffed in every dresser drawer. Each one had 3 or $4 in it. He also found many photos and newspaper clippings from the twins' show business days, but they were all hidden from view. Not a single photograph or poster adorned their home. Hmm. In 1997, there was a Broadway musical made based on Violet and Daisy. It was called Sideshow. It closed after a three-month run. The play got favorable notices but failed to catch on. At the time, it was the third biggest flop in Broadway history, losing its investors $7 million dollars. It closed on January 3rd, 1997, one day before the 27th anniversary of the discovery of their bodies. Oh, that's sad. Brandy, your final thoughts on Violet and Daisy Hilton. It's a sad, sad, sad existence. Yeah, it is pretty sad. I'm, I'm so sorry, sorry that Chuck was not here because I know he would have probably had some insight you are the only one that's sorry that chuck was not yeah, here i'm sure for he has known siamese twins oh i'm sure he has he banged one of them or both of them <laughs> took him to dinner at skyline who the hell knows all right so that's the story of uh violet and daisy hilton the co-joined twins conjoined twins whatever you're killing me smalls killing me uh brandy yes uh, let's give a shout out to all of those kind people who support us on patreon if you would like to support us on patreon you can do so by going to patreon.com slash historydweebs, where you can give a little, you can give a lot, or... Oh, just a wee tiny little bit, Timmy. Thank you, Brandy. Uh, give a shout-out to all of our Patreon supporters, Brandy. Alicia and Chip, 
Jen Moyer, Tommy Lane, Jason Dykes, James Seabright, Eric Fowler, Shelly Garrett, Bridget Clavey, Brandy McBride, Jennifer Savota, Maggie Glover, Marsha Boris, Stacy Alsop, Jody Wells, Daniel Sweet, Amber Sweet, Amber Anderson, uh, Rosanna and Ben from They Walk Among Us, Laura Violet, Michael Deo, Kelly Charlotte, Karen Widner, Callie Jones, Joseph Kerr, uh, Lauren Meredith, Jessica Greeno, Mike Brown of the Pleasing Terrors podcast, Sarah Bloom, Amber Krupp, the Now American History podcast with Joe Hopkins, Rebecca Oshinger, Cheryl, Catherine Cockgarage Richardson, Fiona Crisp, Laura O'Reilly, Donna Curran, John, Sue Story, Christine Bourgeois, Maja, Aaron with an A, Kimberly Cambron, Elise, the History Goes Bump podcast with Diane Student, uh, Amber Trevino, Annette Petre, Lise, Amber Scoville, Jahara, uh, Marquita Smith, Jeff and Don Chestnut, who I am happy to say have been evacuated from Dominica, the Dominica, and yeah. they're back. You know, where did were they were they headed to Tennessee? Is that where they were going to go? Or were they going to Michigan? Do we know? You know? I'm not sure, but they I know they've been evacuated and they're safe. They they are safe. They have that, had quite uh, the ordeal. Yeah, the island was totally destroyed by the hurricane, so mm-hmm. we're glad that they're safe and uh, yeah, glad that they're out of harm's way. Andrew Happ, Karen Barnes, Rachel Flynn, Holly Woodward, Shirley Strap, Todd Long. Lydia Fisher, Tyrone, Phyllis Munson, Melissa Montoya, Brittany Irvin, Jennifer Siemens, Cindy Lou, Kristen, Heather Poole, The Vanished Podcast, uh, Zachary, Canadian True Crime, Charlie and Allie of the Insight Podcast, Tracy Smith, Jess from Kiwi Crimes, Nene, Bridget Bernhardt, Stacy, Christine Howard, Cheryl Weldon, and Rudy, the Wonder Dog. All right. Thank you for joining us, everyone. And um, we'll see you again next time on History Dweebs. Bye-bye, guys. Bye-bye. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.